Hello, Air Warriors, and welcome to another episode of Chevron's, the podcast of the Enlisted Force. I'm Chief Master Sergeant Sean Sullivan. And I'm Airman First Class Francesca Scardulis. Today we have a couple of awesome guests, uh, Chief Master Sergeant Rachel Landigent. She is the State Command Chief Master Sergeant for the Arizona Air National Guard. And also... We have A1C Nolan Kallenberg, our very own 102nd paralegal, and uh, just an outstanding airman. Uh, Chief Landigent, if you don't mind, could we start with you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for asking me to be part of this podcast today and talk about professional development. Uh, this is my first podcast that I've done, so hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, uh, we pull this off and do it do it well. Um, but it's truly an honor to be asked to do this. Uh, second, I want to tell Chief Sullivan congratulations on your next selection on your new selection to be the state command chief. Uh, it's an awesome opportunity uh, for you to do this and. This podcast, if this is anything that is up and coming for your airmen, I know you're going to do great things. So a little bit about myself. Uh, My entire military career has been uh, in the Air National Guard. I'm currently, as you said, an Arizona airman. I'm the Arizona State Command Chief. Uh, I've been in five different states and wings or states, territories, and units I have um, been part of different missions, which has been completely a blessing to be able to kind of move around. My family um, moved for civilian jobs. And so I guess you could say I'm a true uh, airman of airmen that I've experienced transferring interstate transfers from unit to unit, moving to different states, PCSing and understanding what that is like, and then also being part of a lot of different units, having spent 17 years of those, um, being a drill status guardsman, I can speak for what the airmen go through and what it's like to integrate into two two different units. All of those, um, I think even early in my career, were difficult to move and, and integrate into a new unit, but ultimately they all gave me such an awesome experience to move and and be able to see a broader picture in all the different missions that are out there and being part of, you know, AMC, AETC, ACC, you know, being at fighter wings, being at refueling wings, being at training wings, all the different wings that I was part of and all the different missions. Also, having been part of that was, you know, a few different conversions where we lost a mission or we were bracked and being part of that, all of that opened my eyes to see a lot more that I probably would not have been exposed to if I would have just stayed put in in one unit. Um, I also, you know, I know we're going to talk about a lot of the development, but really I had people tap me on the shoulder along the way and being exposed to so many different people and different mission sets and different opportunities, that opened the door for me to do so many different things Uh, You know, like when I got to Arizona, somebody asked me about being a first sergeant and someone asked me about, you know, working on counter drug. Uh, We have the border mission in Arizona. I met people along the way that asked me to go on ADOS tours and all of those different things without kind of chronologically going through my career has exposed me and kind of written my story for where I am, where I am. And 
all often saying yes to a lot of really hard things, but I knew that if I was going to grow as an airman, I needed to say yes to do a lot of those different things and saying yes to move to different locations. And that has given me um, an experience that I think has been invaluable as being an Arizona Air National Guardsman now, but being in five different states, which included Iowa, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Arizona, and Puerto Rico. Wow, that is... Yeah, that's wow. a journey. It has been an awesome journey. <laughs> and uh, Airman Kaldenberg, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do for the wing, uh, any history, maybe any family history or Air Force lineage, hint, hint. Sure. Um, so I've been in an Air Force family for 20 years. Um, my dad was in, I think he joined in 1985. Um, so it's always kind of in my head that I should join the Air Force. And I finally joined in 2018 to be a paralegal for the wing. So I work in the legal office around lawyers, and that's also what um, I'm going to school for. I'm hoping to go to law school starting next year. Um, so the Air Force has been great. Um, you know, I joined to develop some of my skills, some of my professional skills, and uh, learn everything I could while I was here. And uh, I think I've been grinding away at that. And I can attest to the fact that, uh, that A1C Kaldenberg is always reaching outside of his comfort zone. Anytime we need an airman for anything in the wing or special assignments or any growth opportunities, um, you've been right there in the forefront of of taking advantage of that. But I want to uh, shift over to uh, to you, Chief. Um, In that that vast career that you talked about and all the moves that you've made, you've really gotten outside of your comfort zone for growth, a a lot of growth and a lot of different, uh, uh, you know, different opportunities. Um, what has that meant to you through your career and to where you are now? How has that growth helped you become a better leader, a better airman? Yeah, I mean, really, it's about exposing myself to things that I would not have been exposed to otherwise that open the doors to experience different things. And then I was able to experience those and bring them back Um into my wings, whichever wing I was at at the time, and then bring that exposure to airmen and help them see opportunities and things that were available. I mean, for me, professional development, you know, it, it's an opportunity to further grow whatever your foundational skills are, like such as your AFSC, um, you know, your seven level, your five level, and then on top of your PME also, but for me, it just, it really opened the door to have exposure to people, places, experiences, views that were outside of what I grew up knowing or believing, growing my network. I mean, one of the biggest things I think of getting outside the comfort zone and going and doing professional development or trying new things that ultimately developed me um, was the network of friends, peers, mentors, the people that I have to support me in my career or people that I can rely on when I have questions. So that's really been one of the biggest things. Um, I think for younger airmen, or if I kind of look back early in my career, going to ALS and residence really kind of planted a seed for me because it's total force and you're there with active guard and reserve and getting to meet all those different people from different AFSCs doing so much great work in the air force total force. And then that planted the seed for me to just keep going and developing and learning more. I got hungry for it after I went to ALS really, 
But the other thing I, you know, I would say about professional development is it is beyond what the requirements are. You know, it's it, each time you do a professional development and, you know, we can, if we have time, we can kind of go into some that are, you know, there's so much out there. There's, we're never short of opportunities to, to develop, but each experience, you know, or each event, it really improves your personal and professional growth. Um, and it is, it's beyond that. But I think that there's really specific times in our careers that we need certain types of development. And, you know, even the old school little brown book, it states in there at each rank that, you know, it's an expectation for you to professionally develop. And it has helped me in my personal and professional life. It's helped me with relationships. You know, there's all kinds of different broadening experiences um, that helped me just become more well-rounded. So I kind of mentioned that it helped me be hungry, you know, for what else was out there that I didn't know about, but it also helped me have a better understanding of things that I wouldn't have known or been exposed to. And Airman Keldenberg, I know, uh, you know, being a first-term airman, you're still new, you're still getting your feet wet, you're still trying to understand, um, you know, and fully comprehend and advance through the earlier phases of your career. But from what the chief was saying, what are some things that you possibly see in your future um, as you continue your professional growth and development that you would have your eyes on for other professional military opportunities um, or just uh, growth opportunities inside the wing? Is there anything you're kind of looking at at your stage? Um, well, as chief said, I'm just starting out, um, but I'm always looking for those those opportunities to get outside of my comfort zone. Um, I was signed up last year for air assault school. However, that was unfortunately canceled due to COVID. Um, hopefully going to go to ranger school for next summer. Um, and those are, you know, more military specific development, but uh, someday down the line, I hope to be a JAG officer, take what I'm learning on the civilian side and use it for the military who's given me all the opportunities to um, study and not accrue massive debt going to college. And even though it's not necessarily the enlisted development, still development that the Air Force has helped me do, which I think is, uh, you know, something every day. Every time I go to drill, there's something new that I learn to pick up. I have a lot of respect for your answer, uh, <laughs> Airman Kaldenberg. Um, uh, and I remember we were in student flight together. I think we enlisted around the same time. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to, to ask you... Um, even back, student flight for me was definitely something that was out of my comfort zone, you know, your first experience in the military. But uh, has there been anything um, that was challenging for you, either just making the decision to go out of your comfort zone or once you did, it was still it was still maybe something that was uh, a challenge or a struggle? I mean, um, choosing my AFSC, it's one of the more academically challenging ones in the Air Force, so even just like my tech school, it was a lot of studying. It was very hard. Um, you had to, you know, work with other people to get to these learning goals and make sure that you didn't fail along the way. Um, and sometimes I can kind of be a loner, um, but it definitely made me go out, work with other people, work with prior enlisted, um, and learn how to be more of a team player while simultaneously, you know, developing my academic skills and developing my skills as a paralegal. Definitely. I had a very similar experience at, at tech school. I'm very much a loner as well, but um, so some of some of those those skills are, are hard, and you, you really want to do well on these tests. You can come back and do well for your unit, and so you had to, had to learn how to work with other people, which was new for me. 
Um, uh, Chief Landigent, I really liked what you said in your uh, first tell about yourself. Um, in order to grow, you had to say yes. What was like a challenging event um, that either it was challenging to go out of your comfort zone or once you got there, it might have been challenging? Sure, sure. Well, I, I like I briefly talked about early on in my career, just moving to a new um, base was out of my comfort zone. I, the first unit that I joined was in the city that I grew up in. So I was there for about five years. And then I moved to a new unit. Um, and the civilian side of why my family moved so many times, it, it was a, always unknown how long we were going to be there. I think at one point, I was only in a unit for about a year to the date. And you're just starting to acclimate and get to know people and find your way. And then, you know, civilian demand comes along and moves you again. Luckily, you know, we have a great, we have great opportunities to transfer between units and states. And I've been blessed to be able to do that each time that has been a demand on the civilian side. But it was, it was not always easy to do that. Um, I learned, I had to learn how to do that. Uh, as you were both talking about going to tech school was uncomfortable and learning to interact with people. I had to learn how to interact each time I went into a new unit. Every unit and every mission has their own culture. And so you have to kind of adapt to um, the culture of what's happening or what the needs are of that. It doesn't doesn't mean anything separate from meeting Air Force standards or the um, compliance that every mission has, the basis of inspections or, you know, what an airman is or who they are. None of that changes unit to unit. But when I talk about different cultures, there's just different cultures um, under each MAGCOM. It's really evident once you've been in each of them of how they operate and how they um, push forward to make mission happen. The ops tempo sometimes is different. So having the opportunity to do that, but it, in the beginning, it was very, it was very challenging. But in the end, I absolutely actually love it now because it exposes me each time to something new that I didn't know before. And I, I as I listen to both of you talk about your experience at tech school, you will find that with each development that you go to, even when you go to um, an in-resident PME, or you go to a new course, or you have an opportunity, um, you know, ranger school, extremely challenging, but, you know, you put yourself out there, ultimately, you're investing in yourself. And every time you do anything hard, you're it, the payback is going to fulfill in your own career, but all of your peers, and even as you mentor up and down, all those experiences are going to help the Air Force be better. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing. You both have really interesting per perspective. Obviously, Chief, you're at one end of your military career. You know, you're kind of at the peak of it. And, uh, you know, Aaron Kaldenberg, you're kind of like the beginning of your career. But I always uh, am interested in how your professional military development and how your experience in the National Guard is helping you outside of the military, you know, such as your home life, your relationships. Um, obviously, Chief, you don't have a civilian job. This is your job. But, you know, I'm sure, uh, Aaron Kaldenberg, you have a job. So I'm going to start with you, uh, Aaron Kaldenberg. How has your time so far in the military and the professional development and what you've been exposed to, how has that helped you outside of the military? Uh, well, I was actually talking to um, uh, Chief about this the other day, but uh, it definitely made me a better student, and that sounds weird, but uh, before I went to 
before I joined the Air Force, I wasn't that great of a student in high school. I had like a 2.9 GPA. Um, but after sort of maturing a little bit, developing some of those skills a little bit more, um, I, I, I'm spacing on the word, but a little bit more determination um, to do what I wanted to do. Now I have almost a 4.0 GPA in college. Um, it's definitely made me better at just working towards my goals. Uh, it's made me just a lot more goal oriented. That shows tenacity and drive. That's excellent. Uh, Chief, same question posing to you. How has it affected you outside of your military? Right. Well, you know, I, I think I've said this a few times, but definitely the broadening, enhancing experiences in life in general. Um, we've talked a lot about education and we talked about PME and um, tech school, but ultimately beyond that, there's so many opportunities uh that are available to us in the Air National Guard that will help. Um, I'm just going to kind of ramble a bunch that have come to the top of my head of things I've done that are available. They cost nothing for us to do. Um, you know, at, at the most basic level, being involved in your junior enlisted council, top three, family day planning, your state's enlisted association, your civil air patrol that's at your wings, um, all the way to taking four lens courses, emotional intelligence, reading the love language book, doing strong bonds, <clears throat> excuse me, coaching 101, you know, being part of the diversity inclusion council, to all the way to, you know, going on tours, being on COVID orders, um, doing border mission, and all the things jointly that we've done. All of that, um, I mean, and I could keep going with a lot of other things um, at the chief level of all the development opportunities that are strategic that we have the opportunity to go to. You need your joint PME done to do those things. And when you do your joint PME in the mid-grade, you know, say as a staff tech sergeant and you start doing some of those things, it starts opening opportunities for all of these. All of those give you investment in yourself, investment in your family, investment in your how to have relationships with each other. Um, all of those things that I've been able to do were a, a lot of them were self-awareness. And a lot of them helped me grow because, you know, we'll just go with like four lenses. Four lenses, when you do that, and I've done it three or four times in my career, and sometimes it changes over time. You know, when I did it as a staff sergeant, compared to when I do it now, I've developed and grown a lot. And my perspective has changed on different things. And though my personality um, is a lot the same, I view things differently, or what becomes a priority can change. And so all of those things, of course, they affect my relationships within my family, with my friends, how I interact with community members, um, you know, and just really investing and those things has helped me to have a, like I said, a, a broader scope of what's available for me to grow and for me to give back. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, I recently, uh, I, I filmed part of what we have is called the Time Conference. It's technical sergeants involved in mentoring enlisted airmen. Um, and I was just filming, but I got to sit in on a few of those things. And I was surprised, like you've been talking about um, uh, both of you this whole time, a lot of these opportunities really do enhance both the personal and professional. They have a lot of overlap. So that was really cool for me to see. Right now, uh, Airman Kaldenberg, I know you're aware, but we're doing a lot of things with regards to enlisted professional development. And so 
chief land agent with accelerating change, you know, and not losing. Um, <laughs> uh, is there anything that you've worked on or seen su- success in um, in your positions that you think that other wings could benefit with regards to that? Yeah, um, I think one position that's really unique to the Air National Guard is called the HRA position, the human resource advisor position that um, that is assigned to the wing commander at each wing. They have a plethora of development opportunities and a lot of um, self-actualization, self-awareness, emotional intelligence, all the uh, diversity inclusion things, all of that that falls under there. And I see that if the wings that are utilizing that position are building stronger, uh, more resilient, more developed airmen, one of the other things that I see um, that, that we're working on in our state, but other states are doing it, is a mid-grade professional development. I personally believe that there's a gap, um, and there's some things that our airmen, especially our drill status guardsmen, like I said, I was 17 years as a drill status guardsman, so I can relate to the things or the challenges that our drill status guardsmen have um, in terms of learning um, different things that are not necessarily enough time on a drill weekend that I see other states having a two or three day course where they're teaching their airmen some of those things so that when they go back to the squadron, they know how to do some of those supervisory duties, some of those duties that will prepare them to be a better senior NCO. And I plan to put one of those type of courses in place in 2022, but I definitely see that working in the other wings. And I try to reach out and ask, you know, for feedback from them or what kind of agendas they have in those other states to help us get after what we need to be doing here. Definitely. I mean, I'm not the the, the know-all on what's going on at the wing, but I think, uh, Chief Sullivan, I think we're, we're starting to reach out more to, to other wings. I know uh, the 104th and probably across the state, um, I think being uh, connected and collaborating is kind of the path forward. Absolutely. And if you don't think I have been sitting here taking some notes, uh, Chief, we're going to be talking offline on some of that stuff because uh, um, I, I think there's good opportunity for all airmen in all states to grow from that. Absolutely. One of the things that was just brought up in Accelerate Change and Lose is the word lose. Um, I once had a, a coach, an athletic coach, who said that I never learn anything about a team or a player through easy victory. I only learn through challenging events, adversity, and seeing how people grow from loss. So with that said, uh, I'm going to start with, uh, with you, uh, Airman Kaldenberg. Inside or outside the military, but since you have been a part of the military, is there something that you, uh, you have ever not succeeded in or had difficulty getting over? And what skills and tools have you used to build from that adversity or that loss and what growth have you gained from it? Um, so I'm not, geez, it's a good question, chief. Um, <laughs> so I've had, uh, some personal, uh, loss in the past couple of years. Um, as we know, my brother was hit by a car. I used by now, but, uh, before I joined the air force. So, uh, helping him sort of deal through all the, the physical issues that he's had, um, has definitely been a big, uh, point of personal growth. Um, I took that as an opportunity instead of, you know, you know, giving him pity or wallowing in sorrow with him. I said, well, he's going to need somebody who's there for him. So it might as well be me. And on top of that, recently my, my grandmother passed. Um, so helping the family deal with that, 
uh, partially with um, some of the things I've learned from the Air Force, um, like me being a public notary, helping with documents and giving what legal knowledge I have to my aunt so she can process some paperwork. Um, it's definitely been a growing experience because it's taking on additional res responsibilities and uh, helping people through a difficult time. Um, and I think that the Air Force uh, has definitely taught me all those skills. It's definitely helped me uh, develop to be able to do that better. Thank you. Um, and I know you have been dealing with, with some losses. And I know that uh, one of the things you must have learned is your warrior ethos, because uh, every time that uh, we engage, every time we see you, um, you're, you just seem stronger and stronger as you're, you're getting over more and more adversity. Uh, Chief, I pose the same question to you. Well, I would say uh, one thing that I have learned definitely is the only um, way that you lose is if you don't try. So if you're trying, you're um, always going to win, even if the end result isn't exactly the way that you thought it would turn out. Um, so my dad committed suicide, and that's, a, that's ultimately what led me to join the military. Um, and then everything I learned along the way, you know, from the support that I had, the path that I had, the structure the military gave me, the educational benefits, um, you know, the list goes on and on of the things that the military has offered me to um, have the support that I need to when I became a first sergeant, we talk about um, as a first sergeant, Chief Sullivan, you know, this as well as I do, you experience a lot of um, loss and tragedy and caring um, other people's um, hardships and learning to kind of work through that as a first sergeant. And I know, you know, our commanders often deal with the same kind of things. And doing the resiliency training course was a turning point. Doing the assist training course, um, you know, mid-grade when I was a master sergeant, those were some pivotal courses that helped me learn how to kind of deal with those even more. But even there's opportunities everywhere we look, we have each other. Everyone, I believe everyone in the military has experienced something um, that they can relate to with loss and um, or change that's happened in their life that's been unexpected that you can rely on each other. But we also have Military One Source, we have the DPH, we have all these opportunities to seek support for any of the things that um, that we need. So the like I said right in the beginning is that you know not seeking the support that we need and not leaning on each other and not giving each other the support to get through loss or hard times you know that's that would be where we fail but it's never a fail you know if you're trying even when you're going through hard times and everybody's journey looks different sometimes it takes people longer to get through some of those trials um, and sometimes, you know, people can get through them. We don't know what everyone's circumstances or backgrounds are. So you have to be um, just there to offer them what's needed as we move along. But the military definitely has a plethora of support in place to help us with different times of loss or change. I agree that there are tools out there, but you did mention one that is always near and dear to my heart. And that is wingmanship. Um, I personally think that most of society's problems can be solved by having good wingmen. 
And that goes back to my times in law enforcement as well as through the military. Because when you look at, at every unfortunate decision uh, an airman makes or every failure, uh, not every, but, but most failures that people have, if they had a good wingman, mentor, coach, somebody by their side, right there helping, assisting, directing, or preventing you know, something bad to happen, um, I think that's the key. I think wingmanship is, is the foundation and the first step on that, along with all the, all the other programs we have. Right. Awesome. Um, I think we're coming up on our time, just a minute or two left. I just want to say thank you both for um, being on this, taking time out of your day, and um, really thank you both for uh, your perspectives and your thoughts on, on all of this. And uh, again, I echo uh, Emma Kaldenberg, thank you. And Chief, thank you. Um, great perspectives and great insights. Uh, appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor to be on here. If I can kind of just leave a couple notes about development that I'll put out there um, for the airmen. You know, what I would say about professional development is start early. There's things you can do early in your career that will enhance uh, your journey in to develop. And then, you know, say yes when someone taps you on the shoulder. I'm sure some of my airmen, even within the state here, uh, have seen me tap them on the shoulder. And you get tapped on the shoulder and someone sees something in you that you might not see don't hesitate. They see something that is in your future. Try in your best way possible, even with life's challenges with work and civilian life, but try to say yes to those and take advantage of them if someone's tapping you on the shoulder. And then I think the last thing I would say is, you know, make goals and find a support team that will help you get there. We kind of have that hurry up and wait. And sometimes that is what it what it takes for with development is you need to get the things done that you need to get done, you know, check those boxes, but then you're going to be ready when the other bigger opportunities come along. And then, you know, just, I say, own your own uniqueness that makes you you uh, as you develop and grow, continue to just reach out for those things that are going to help you become the best you. And so thanks a lot. I really appreciate being on this podcast. It's been an awesome journey. And yeah, Chief, I can't wait to have some offline conversations. Oh, they're coming, Chief. They're coming. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, Airman Kallenberg, um, do you have any final thoughts or wisdom? I might be hard to follow Chief Landigen up, but we would love to hear what you have to share. Um, you know, I think I absolutely agree with what Chief said. Uh, I think that the Air Force... Um, is a great spot for personal development um, and people should always be looking out for each other. I know I wouldn't be where I am today without some of the mentors we've had along the way. And it's just been an amazing experience for me so far to get out of my comfort zone, do all these things that, uh, you know, 18 year old Nolan would have never had any concept of in his entire life. Um, so this has been one of the most amazing things I've ever done in my entire life. And uh, you know, I hope that more people can, uh, echo that same experience. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I'm glad we got that final thought there, uh, uh, Aaron. That that was a good answer. A nice, nice way to drop the mic. Yes, well done. <laughs> Thanks, Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all very much. And I hope everyone joins us next month for our next episode. And uh, have a great Air Force Day, y'all.